I hope that through this series, through this month, that you're starting to realize that it's not about getting good at uh, prayer, making people around you think that you're good at prayer, saying all the right words at all the right times, but prayer is, is first and foremost connecting with God, a God who loves you, a God who wants to hear from you, a God who wants to speak to you, and uh, the way that we do that is, is through prayer. Uh, we can all learn and develop in our prayer lives, and, and today I, I want to get even more practical, I guess, in continuing to help us uh, uh, know, learn how to pray. Uh, and, and so you see there at the top, it says that uh, this is all about being specific and strategic in our prayers. When I go to the store, I'm just going to be, uh, be transparent with you. When I go to the store, I almost always have a list. I need a list if there's three or more items. I can handle three items. You add that fourth, probably going to forget one of them and maybe get 17 other things that weren't, weren't there. So three items. Uh, if you hit four, I need a, I need a list. And, and especially if it's, a, it's one of those, hey, honey, can you pick up kind of items, then I'm going to not only need a list, I'm going to need the brand and the color and the shape of the container and which aisle it's on, and I will probably still call at least once to confirm that I'm getting the right thing, right? Uh, writing down specific things uh, that, that, that can help me, to, uh, it helps me have a, a, a successful trip to the store. And maybe we don't think about that in, in our prayer life, but, uh, but being, being specific is, uh, is something that can help our prayer lives as well. I, I don't know, uh, do you have a prayer list? I mean, I don't know that in the Bible it says have a prayer list, but it certainly is something that helps us get specific. And uh, uh, and one very simple way to do that is is to have this list, a list of, of things and people and uh, circumstances and stuff that we want to be praying about. Maybe it's a journal, or maybe it's a, an app on your phone, or or on your iPad, or or maybe it's a a, a scrap piece of paper somewhere. I don't know, but but keeping a, a prayer list can help you to be more specific and strategic. I mean, we get specific and strategic about a lot of things, but we don't necessarily think about it in our prayer life. I mean, we make plans, and then we follow the plan, right? Uh, going to the store, just one example. Cooking dinner, we have a plan. Uh, we, we, we plan a vacation, or we build a house, or we're uh, going to mow the lawn, or uh, whatever the case, there's, there's a plan somewhere. Maybe we don't always write it down, but there's a plan, and then we work the plan, right? And, and there's a method to it. Almost anything we do, uh, we, we tend to approach with a strategy. And when we do that, it makes a difference. You can tell if the lawn was mowed according to a plan or not, right? Sometimes when my kids have helped me mow the lawn, I wonder whether there was a plan or not. Maybe, uh, maybe you haven't thought about it much, but strategy, having a plan, can make a difference in, in your prayer life. Of course, we talked about uh, sometimes, you know, and we need to have spontaneous times of prayer, and, and that's great. Something comes up, and, and we just need to lift it to the Lord, and, and that's great, and that's important. Uh, but, but I think you, that we don't, if we don't have a plan for prayer, then we won't be as effective in our prayer lives as, as we could be. And, and I, I, I hit on this a little bit last week, that we need to be specific, because when we, we just pray general, generic, 
generic prayers, uh, then, uh, then uh, I don't, I'm not sure that gets us where we need to be. But that's what we tend to do a lot of the time. Um, and I think one reason, I can't remember whether I said this last week or not, but one reason that I think I pray generic prayers, just general prayers, is to maybe let myself off the hook, or maybe even more, if I'm really thinking about it, to let God off the hook. Because what if he doesn't come through? Because sometimes I've prayed specific prayers and it didn't happen and I believed it would and it didn't. And so maybe now I'll just kind of back off of that and pray a little more generally rather than God do this. I'll say, God, just bless them. And then I can point to something that, oh, God must have blessed them and I didn't get as specific as I could have or should have. But specific prayers point point. Straight to God, and when uh, when those when God comes through, we can give Him glory. Here, here's a question: You don't have to answer it. Answer it in your head. Don't answer it out loud. I guess you could answer it out loud if you want to. Um, especially if you're on the uh, on the live stream, go ahead and answer it out loud. All you want, just do it. Yell, do it. Good. I hear great. Oh, no, I haven't asked it yet. Just wait a minute, okay? Wait, calm down, okay? I'm having a little conversation. I'm just pretending. It's it's all right. So what if, what if, what would change in your prayer life? Here's the question. What would change in your prayer life if I told you that every prayer you prayed this week, God was going to say yes to? If I told you God was going to say yes to every single thing you prayed, would it change how you prayed this week? Would you, first question, would you pray generally or specifically, right? I, I think I would get real specific. I'm just saying. I, I think I would get real, probably would pray a lot more, right? I, I'd pray specifically for things for myself, for my wife, for my kids, for our church, for our community. You'd probably be calling me because you'd say, can you pray for this? Because God's going to say yes to your prayer this week. And, and I can't promise that though, right? I can't promise that God's going to say yes to all of your prayers this week. But God's going to answer your prayers that you pray this week. And the answer just might be yes. It might be wait a little while and it might be no, that's not right for you right now. But it might be yes. Are are you specific and strategic in your prayers in order for God to be able to come through in your life? How do we do this? How do we pray specifically and strategically? Other than making a list, what, what do we what do we need to do? I, I think one thing we need to do is is uh, um, have a little bit of structure in our prayers. Um, usually, uh, prayer just turns to asking for stuff, right? We oh oh God, dear God, and then hey, I need this, and can you do that, and can you do this, and and just I mean it. it turns into that real quick. I, I know it does for me. And, and that's fine. That's important. We need to be praying for things. Uh, scripture tells us that we should be asking God for things. But, but prayer is, again, as we've said over and over, prayer is more about connecting with God than just getting what I want. So if all, I mean, I don't know, it makes sense. If all of your conversations uh, was asking people to do things for you, you probably wouldn't have much of a relationship over time. Those people would start avoiding you, right? Because all you're doing, hey, uh, yeah, hi, good to see you. Hey, can you do this? Hey, I need this. Can you give me that? It's not much of a relationship. God asks us to have uh, once a relationship with us, and so it's got to be more than just asking for things. I don't know if you had a chance uh, to uh, to check out our our prayer page that we uh, put up at the beginning of the month on our website, medinanaz.life slash prayer. Um, on that, uh, there we had the uh, our local prayer guide, but then we also had something that uh, uh, called the Pray First booklet. It's actually a PDF there on the uh, on the the website. Great, great resource. I don't know, 70, 80, 90 pages long uh, of, of uh, several different ways to organize 
your prayers, uh, structures or, or plans for prayer. Uh, the first one, I, I believe, walks us through using the Lord's Prayer as a model and, and not just praying the words of the prayer, but, but getting into the, the depth of it, of uh, what is uh, what, what are we really praying for and about and what is the structure of that. Uh, there's there's uh, one, one section in there is all about using the Old Testament tabernacle as the outer courts and the inner courts and the Holy of Holies and, and walking through the process that the, uh, the Israelites in the Old Testament would have would have walked through as they uh, as they approached God. Um, there's there's several different things in there, and I encourage you to uh, to check that out. One thing that may be even simpler that you could just have in your head um, is uh, is something that I heard years ago, and that's just using the 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 four letter first letters of the word pray P R A Y. There, look at that. I can spell. Awesome. Pray, pr- praise, repent, ask, yield. How do I pray? How do I organize my prayers? How do I make my prayers more than just, hey, God, I need this? Praise, repent, ask, yield. Just, it's just one, just one of a hundred ways you could do it, but it, it makes us more intentional, right? Uh, notice that asking for things is in there, but it's in the context of praising God and 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 uh, repenting and and humbling yourself to yield to Him in everything. These aspects of prayer are, are throughout the Bible. We we need to be doing these things. Uh, Philippians four four and five says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." I will say it again: Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. This focuses on that first one, the, the P for praise, right? Rejoice in the Lord. Praise God. I, I think a lot of, of praise uh, is, it takes us first and foremost to remembering who God is and, and what he's like. And, and if we start out our prayers that way, I think it'll change our prayer life. Uh, think about God's attributes. Think about his character. Let him know that you know that he is holy and righteous and, and all-powerful and all-knowing, that, that he is love, that he is good. At times I've, I've tried uh, uh, maybe journaling and, and maybe coming up with maybe once a day or maybe coming up with a list, uh, going with the letters of the alphabet and, and what it, attributes of God for every letter. You've got to get a little creative with the X, I'm just saying, because uh, um, he is not xylophone. That doesn't, that doesn't work. But um, uh, working down through that, just thinking of spending time praising God for who he is and, and just... Before you ever get to, maybe you don't ever get to, God, I need you to do this for, maybe it's just praise for who he is. Sometimes we, we forget these things, we're in the middle of a crisis, and, and God, we just need to, but we need to rejoice in the Lord always by praising him for who he is. Well, you see that passage there in, in, uh, in Philippians, uh, says don't just stop with rejoice and, and praise him, but there's also thanksgiving involved. It, uh, if, if praise is recognizing who God is, then I think thanksgiving is remembering what he has done, right? If, if you start off your prayers with, with praise and thanksgiving, um, and, and that's something new to you, I think it'll bring a whole new approach to, uh, to, the, the, the rest of your, your time with God in prayer. Praise. The R is for repentance. 
that's not all that uh, popular, right? We, we just want to come to God and, and hope that he's, he's just going to jump in on our behalf. But we, as we come to God, there has to be a time for honesty and transparency. It, it, it'd be great to, to, uh, to get into the habit of, of personally praying the, the, the line from Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. It, it simply says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In doing that, it helps us to pause long enough to consider that there just might be some offensive way in us that needs to be put right before we ever talk to God about what we want him to do in our lives. We need to get things all squared away with him as we as we pray. And that also sets the stage for the why, uh, the uh, P-R-A-Y, the, the yielding to God's will. We're, we're humbly submitting ourselves to, to, to him. Search me, know my heart, test me, uh, lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, God, I'm going to follow you and where you lead. I'm going to yield to your will and not just uh, want you to, uh, to, to cave to my will. And that, those things are the context where we place our asking. That's the setting in which we specifically and strategically ask God for God's intervention in our lives and in the world and in the lives of the people around us. Praise, repent, ask, yield. So, so I want us to spend, because it tends to be the largest part, I want us to spend some time on that asking part because we need to do that well. Uh, what do we need to be praying for? What is it, what is it appropriate to pray for? Well, the first thing, I don't even think I need to say it, but it's there and it's probably got some blanks in your notes, so you probably need to fill it in. Pray for the needs in your life. Pray, pray for, uh, pray for the stuff. Uh, Philippians 4, we just read, present your requests to God. He invites us to do that. Ephesians 6, 18, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Matthew 7, 11, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? We, we, we need to pray for the things in our lives that we need. We have needs. We have requests. God wants us to ask for his help. So we need to Ask. James even says that the reason why we don't have certain things is because we haven't asked God. You do not have because you do not ask God. James 4, 2. We need to be uh, pray specifically for the needs in our lives. Another way to pray and help us to be specific is to pray according to Scripture. Someone once said, if I'm praying God's word, then I'm praying God's will. I think that's True. Scripture and prayer go hand in hand. Scripture is the primary way that we hear God's voice as we're, as we're praying in this conversation of prayer. Prayer isn't just me talking. It's not just a one-sided conversation. It's, it's talking and listening. And, and you might, you might hear this, this big audible voice. You might have a certain nudge in a certain direction. You might sense God's leadership in a certain things. Primarily, the way that God speaks to us is through Scripture. And so uh, God's word has to accompany our uh, strategic times of prayer uh, because any prompting that you get, oh, I think God is calling me to do this. Well, the way that we double check that and see if God is really prompting you to do that is to uh, know scripture because God will never prompt you to do something that goes against his word. And so if you don't know his word, then you won't know how to discern whether that's the right thing or not. Uh, God is, is prompting me to talk about somebody because they really, you know, and they just, and but maybe we'll 
remember certain verses that talk about not uh, uh, not. Uh, being uh, bitter and, uh, and, and having that, that spirit. And, and so we recognize that, uh, okay, that wasn't God. That was just my carnal nature trying to, trying to take over. And so, so uh, we've got to know God's word because he's not going to tell us to do anything that goes against his word. So we have to be reading and studying and learning God's word. And, and scripture can actually guide what we pray. That pray first booklet has a, has another, has one section that, that just leads you through, uh, different ways to pray, uh, certain scriptures. And there's sections there and, and kind of gives some examples. And obviously you don't have to just read those word for word, but it helps to, to, uh, to, uh, uh educate us on, on how this works. The Psalms are a great resource. Uh, it's, it's literally in the Bible right in the middle there. A book of 150 songs and poems and prayers. And, and so, uh, they're, they're, they are ways that we could pray those same things as well. There, there are many prayers in the Bible that, 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 that people prayed and, and in their situation. And so we can say, you know what, I'm going through a similar situation and, and I could pr- use some of those same things and see how they prayed and I could pray. You will not go wrong praying the Word of God and I believe that it will enrich your prayer life. I, I don't do it enough. And, uh, uh, going through this time has, has reminded me of that. Not only are we praying for our, the needs in our lives, we're praying, uh, uh, with, with scripture. We're all, we also need to pray for the people in our lives. Uh, we, we need to be praying for the needs of the people that, uh, that we know and love, the family and friends, our, our church family. Um, first Timothy 2 1, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Uh, and so we keep that list, right? And we pray specifically and, and we keep note of when God answers prayer and, and we pray for the, the people in our, I mean, there's, there's a whole host. We could literally, uh, line out. We need to be praying for the, the leaders and, uh, for the political leaders. We need to be praying for the political, maybe I should underline three more times. Uh, we, we need to be praying for government officials. We need to be praying for uh, the, uh, the, the leadership and the people that, that have influence throughout the world. Uh, all of these things we need to be praying specifically. And, and I believe that we're praying differently for people who are following Jesus and people who aren't. Uh, for believers, we're going to pray, you know, uh, specifically for, for God's blessing in their lives, for, for, uh, for, uh, not only their, their physical need, daily bread and safety and those kinds of things. And, um, we, we can pray, uh, uh, Philippians 1, 4 through 6 says, it, Paul is praying for people, and it, it's a great example for us. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ. You can't pray that for somebody who's not following Jesus, but for somebody who is, you can, you can say, yeah, God, I want you to carry to completion what you've started in this person's life. And, and, and we can pray those things. We need to pray for, for, uh, believers in their ministry and how God is using them in, in the ways that he has gifted them, right? Uh, Colossians 4, pray for us also, Paul says, that God can open the door for our message. So that we can proclaim the mystery of Christ. Uh, pray that I can proclaim it clearly as I should. We need to be praying for, uh, for the, the ministry of, of believers and, and not just, not just pastors and missionaries, but, but all of us. We are part of the body of Christ. We are the priesthood of all believers and we all have ways that we're serving. And so we need to be praying for each other that God will guide and direct us. Specifically for those who are already following Jesus. But I want to spend a little bit of time 
today on praying for those who aren't yet following Jesus, the non-believers, the, the, uh, the, those who have not yet uh, committed their lives to follow Jesus Christ. Romans 10.1 says, Brothers and sisters, hearts desire and prayer to God is for the Israelites that they may be saved. Are you regularly praying for people to come to faith in Jesus? Are they on your list? I, I think we can get caught up in our own world, in our own stuff, and, and sometimes we lose sight of, of one of the main reasons that we're in this world, and that is to bring the light of Jesus to people who need him most. And I believe bringing that light starts with prayer. Matthew 9, we, we talked a little bit at prayer meeting last week about, uh, about this passage at the end of Matthew 9. But first, we need to be praying for the messengers. Jesus said uh, to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus specifically told us to pray for workers to go out into the harvest uh, for, for those that he is already preparing uh, for salvation. Uh, we need to be praying that, that, that God will uh, provide the people necessary just the right time and just the right way to intersect and, and, uh, and influence the, the people to come to know Christ. Are we doing that on a regular basis? I hope, I'm sure that all of you say, yes, we are. I hear you online. You're doing that. Yes, we are. Or maybe you're not. Or maybe we could all do it uh, better or more than we are. We need to pray for people of faith to influence and cross paths with non-believers. And there's a funny thing about that prayer that usually results in, in uh, us, as we pray that, becoming more keenly aware of the fact that God is going to use us as to be messengers ourselves, to be workers in those fields ourselves. Pray, pray for the messengers. Something else, maybe even before we, well, not before, but all, along with praying for the messengers, I think we need to be praying for the burden. I think maybe we, we lose the burden sometimes for those who don't yet know Jesus. Again, in that, in that passage at the end of Matthew 9, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. They were... Jesus had compassion. He saw them. He saw where they were headed and it was not the right way. And he knew that, G, that, that, that uh, God was the answer and following him was going to give them life and direct them in a whole new way and bring them joy and, and peace and, and his grace was going to be sufficient and, and it's just a great thing. And he's seeing them just heading in the wrong direction. And if you would just, and he had this burden for them that I just want the best for you. And sometimes if we do see the crowds, Sometimes we have trouble having compassion on them to have that burden. I mean, it's easy to complain or, or to cast blame. Uh, coming pa having compassion doesn't, doesn't always come naturally. So I think we need to pray for the, the same burden that Jesus carried for people who weren't yet following him. The same burden that Paul had, that uh, driving passion to see the lost found, to see people come to Jesus. I'm... At times, that's, that's a scary thing to pray. Uh, at times, it, it almost overwhelms us as we're burdened by it. We, we don't know what to say to other people if, if God brings it. We've got to pray. We've got to set the groundwork and then follow his leadership in those conversations. We've got to see the crowds and, and pray for workers, be willing to be a worker, and, uh, and, and to, to pray for that burden that God would 
would, would lay on our hearts. Maybe a specific person, maybe a specific people group, maybe a, a specific circumstance or a specific uh, uh, thing that people are dealing with. Uh, we can carry those burdens and he can use us in those ways. Number three, we touched on this maybe just a little bit uh, last week, but we need to pray for the ineffectiveness of the enemy. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. We need to pray that the devil, that the God of this age, will be ineffective in blinding unbelievers, right? We need to pray that as they hear God reaching out to them, as they sense him reaching out to them, that, that the, the devil's schemes will have no power and that they can hear and respond to the love of God. There's, uh, you know, some people you just talk to them and it's just, oh, they're just, it's just not getting through. Primarily because the the God of this age has blinded them to the the truths of 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 God, and so we need to pray against that. That we need to pray that the enemy would be ineffective in his schemes against people who don't yet know him. We also need to pray for for brokenness and repentance on their behalf. That when they hear the word, they would be broken. By the grace and love of God. Opponents, uh, 2 Timothy 2, 25 and 26. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. We need to pray that people will realize their need for God and the enormity of their sin. We need to pray for a broken spirit, a spirit of humility that confesses a need for God. Maybe you've experienced that in your own life. Maybe in your uh, faith story, in your journey, you came to a place of brokenness and, and you just couldn't, uh, you couldn't believe that you had been going in this direction and now uh, the, the, the scales fall from your eyes, so to speak, and you see the, the truth and the, and the glory. We need to pray for those moments in the lives of the people that, that we know and that we love and that God brings across our paths that aren't yet following God, that they can come to that, that realization, that aha moment of, of God. God loves me and I can follow him. And then, number five, we need to pray for opportunities. Pray for us too, Colossians 4.3. Paul says, pray for us too that God will open a door for our message. We got this message. We could just go out there and, and just uh, scatter it willy-nilly and that's fine and that's great and, and we probably do that some, but pray that God will give us a, an open door. And Paul's seeking for that opportunity to, to see where God's going to work and then to step through that open door. I think that's part of the prayer. If I'm praying for an opportunity, I'm, I'm already committed to walking through it as I sense God uh, opening that opportunity, right? Uh, he's not going to give us the opportunity if we're still holding back. Well, okay, well, are you sure? I don't know that I want to... Uh, yeah, they might think I'm weird. I, we need to pray for those open doors. We need to look for those opportunities in order to speak life and love to the people who don't yet know Jesus. I'm convinced that the open doors are all over the place. We're just not looking for them much of the time. But if you're regularly praying for that burden and to, that you're already saying, God, uh, the, the, we, I know you need workers in the harvest. And, and you know what? I, I could probably be a worker if you lead me in the right direction. And, and uh, I want the enemy to, to be bound so that when I share the message that they'll be. And, and now give me that opportunity. We're going to see those open doors open up all around us. And we'll kind of be like, wow, I didn't know, didn't know this was possible. I, I believe that. That God reaches people primarily through people, right? 
We can, we can have great, awesome services here at church. We can have great programming and we need to do that. We're going to do things that people can be invited to and come to and drive by and say, hey, yeah, I want to be a part of that. But primarily, the vast majority of people that come to faith in Jesus come to faith in Jesus because someone that they know and love led them to him. We live the reason that we're here The reason that you are where you are is to love the people around you and introduce them to life with Jesus. It's got to be front and center, primary, uh, the focus of our lives. Look for those opportunities. It's part of our, and it starts in prayer. It starts in prayer. It's not just, I'm going to jump out and go preach it on the corner, but if I'm praying through and the Spirit leads me to go preaching on the, that's where I'm going to go and I'm going to do it. But, uh, but, but I'm going to, I'm going to seek His, and it might be, uh, having dinner, uh, you know, maybe you need to invite your neighbor over to dinner and, and God will reveal that in prayer. Or maybe it's some conversation that He's going to open up at work and you didn't see that coming at all. And all of a sudden somebody asks you a question because they're going through, it's over and over. It starts in, starts in prayer. I want to close with a story that, um, it's actually a, a, a story that a, a speaker told that I, that I heard uh, at a conference uh, several years ago. Maybe you know the name Dr. Tony Campolo. He was a, a, a pastor and a, a youth worker for many years. And, and um, he told the story once. I was at a, at a conference once and he told the story about uh, going to speak. He was invited to speak at a, at a Pentecostal college at chapel time. Before the service, he said, uh, in the, in the green room, uh, eight men kneeled around him to place their hands on his head to pray. And he was glad to have the prayer, but he said that, that each of them prayed a lot. And the prayer got kind of long. And the longer they prayed, the more they pushed on his head. And, uh, and he was, you know, getting a little bit, uh, uh, sunken down further and further and getting a crick in his neck. But, but, uh, even when they're praying, then they're praying longer and longer. And then they seem to wander in their prayers. And he said one of the guys, uh, one of the guys didn't even pray for Tony. He started praying from some other, for some other guy that he was concerned about. He started praying, he told the story, he said uh, that, that this guy started praying, Dear Lord, you know Charlie Stoltzfus. He lives in that silver trailer down the road a mile. You know the trailer, Lord, just down the road on the right-hand side. And Tony Campolo says that he wanted to interrupt and say that God probably already knows where the guy lives and he doesn't need directions from you. Um, but he just knelt there trying to keep his head up and trying to endure through this time. The guy keeps on praying. He says, Lord, Charlie told me this morning that he's going to leave his wife and three kids. Step in and do something, God. Bring that family back together. And he prayed and, and, and then he ended the prayer time and, and Tony got up and went out to preach and he preached at chapel and, and everything went well and he got in his car and started driving home. And as he got on the Pennsylvania turnpike, he saw a hitchhiker and he felt compelled to pick him up. And now this is, uh, in, in Campolo's words. He says, we drove a few minutes and I said, hi, my name's Tony Campolo, what's yours? And he said, hi, my name's Charlie Stoltzfus. I couldn't believe it. I got off the turnpike at the next exit and headed back. He got a bit uneasy with that. And after a few minutes, he said, hey, mister, where are you taking me? And I said, I'm taking you home. He narrowed his eyes and asked, why? And I said, because you just left your wife and three kids, right? 
That blew him away. He said, yeah, yeah, that's right. And with shock written all over his face, he plastered himself against the car door and never took his eyes off of me. Then I really did him in as I drove right to his silver trailer. (laughs) When I pulled up, his eyes seemed to bulge and he asked, how did you know that I lived here? And I said, God told me. I believe God did tell me. When he opened the trailer door, his wife exclaimed, you're back, you're back. He whispered in her ear, and the more he talked, the bigger her eyes got. And I said with real authority, the two of you sit down. I'm going to talk to you, and you're going to listen. And man, did they listen, he said. That afternoon, I led those two young people to Jesus Christ. It probably won't happen like that. That's a fun story, and we see how God works in in only ways that he can work. But things do happen when we pray, right? And when we don't pray, we're missing out on so much. I, I'm sure, you know, four, four Sundays and 21 days of prayer. Uh, there's so much more to learn. We've only just scratched the surface. I, I think, I mean, I believe with all my heart that we're going to be learning more about what it means to to spend time with Jesus and go deeper in our relationship with him, more about prayer every day of our lives until he calls us home, right? We've only just scratched the surface. So my prayer for you is that you would be in constant communication with God, that praying would be as natural as breathing for you. As you, as you uh, develop your relationship with God through prayer, as we pray for the community around us, as we pray for the people in our lives, I believe with all of my heart that we will see God move. I know that that those 21 days ends today, but this wasn't just a a one and done. This was a a kickoff to hopefully propel you into a continued life of prayer. So I'd encourage you to keep on praying. 